Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Yeah, no, that's good right there, yeah. <clears throat> you hear yourself? Yeah, a lot clearer. Yeah, isn't it pretty sweet? So, is it is it too loud or are you good? Uh, no, nah, that's good. All right, it's so good. the closer you hold that guy to your face, a little bit better it's going to sound. Okay. So you can always maneuver that guy. Um, bring him a little bit closer. And if, again, if you need to move that mic, that mic will move up and down or to the side. Uh, if it's too tight for you to move, then you have yeah. this little guy right here. Um, yeah, nice. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Sounds well, good. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, today we have Jeff, right? Je- Jeff. Um, yes, sir. Urita? Urutia. Urutia. Yeah. Um, from the Bryan, Texas Bryan, Texas. Yeah, born and raised. Tell me about it, man. Where are you? Okay, so obviously this is where you're from. What was it like growing up in Bryan, Texas? Man, uh, so I grew up in Bryan, Texas till I was about 14. Uh, we lived off of 21. Uh, west side of Bryan. It was pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we lived in a two-bedroom trailer. Me, my parents, three sisters. Uh, parents had, you know, good enough jobs to, you know, feed us. And what, then... Uh, what did they do? All right. So my dad, he uh, he started uh, working for the city of College Station. Uh, in the sanitation department, he started off in the back of a of a dump truck, just picking up trash. Well, eventually he ended up uh, working his way up as a supervisor, and then uh, he moved us out the hood. So, so I was about fourteen. He mo- we moved out the hood, and uh, we moved to College Station. So he he took us out, took us out, you know, put us in a better area. Uh, I went to uh, Consolidated High School. Graduated in 05. So, I mean, after that, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Got away from the wrong crowds I was hanging out with. And, uh, yeah, after that, well, I started cutting hair, actually, in, in high school. Uh, nice. I started cutting my own hair and my dad's hair. And then, uh, yeah, every, everyone else started asking me for haircuts. So, just kind of stuck with me. Obviously, you were good enough to... After yeah. everyone asked you, did, were you trained in high school? Like, did you have a program or was it? No, we didn't. So, uh, so I mean, my parents were making decent money, but it wasn't enough to where, uh, you know, to keep up with my, you know, the fashion that I wanted. So I wanted a fresh fade every other week, okay. you know, dress nice and stuff. So my dad was like, hey, man, I can't afford this. So here's a pair of clippers. You got it. <laughs> so I was like, man, all right, let's, let's, let's give it a try. So... It started off. I I used to get like a simple cut on the you know four on the sides, trim with the scissors on top, and that was it. And so one day the guard fell off, and I was cutting my own hair. The guard fell off, and I had to I had to shave my whole head. Damn. So shaving my whole head is really what got me better at cutting hair because I I couldn't deal with it uh, with being bald, you know, for more than a week. So I would. <laughs> shave my sides and try to blend it in with the top as it grew. So eventually I I gave myself a decent fade. And so that's when people were like, man, you got a haircut every, every day, every, every other day I was in the bathroom cutting my hair. So, uh, <laughs> little did they know it was cause you just didn't yeah. like the bald hair. <laughs> so months go by and I'm in the bathroom at my house, you know, twice a week, just giving myself a ball fade, letting the top grow out and, you know, I stayed fresh all the Damn, time. Dude. Yeah, so one guy, you know, one of my friends would say, hey, man, give me a haircut like yours. Gave him a haircut. Took me about an hour and a half. Didn't charge him. <laughs> I kept cutting his hair and then so on and so on. And, you know, people started asking me after that. Was it hard, that first person working on somebody else's head? Oh, man. I was nervous. I was sweating because, I, I first of all, I was sweating because we were outside cutting hair in the backyard but after that i was nervous because i couldn't get the lines out but he knew what it was it was a free cut and you know he was my friend so he was you know he was my guinea pig he was letting me try it that's a homie yeah yeah he's a real one and so uh eventually i i got his hair down decent enough you know 
to go to school and have a fresh cut. So after that, it was just, you know, I kept building more and more people that, you know, trusted me to cut their hair in school. And we were 16 years old at the time. What's the hardest part? Like, getting out the lines, right? Is that the hardest part about cutting the head? Yeah. I mean, everybody's got different hair texture. And everybody's got a different hair shape. So, I mean, not every cut's going to be the same and not every technique is going to be the same. And, I mean, we'll get into that a little later, but, yeah, man, I just I just basically was doing, you know, the haircuts on them that I would do on myself. And then eventually, you know, started learning throughout the, you know, the years. But I never thought I'd be where I'm at today. I never thought I would be a barber or be cutting hair, at, you know, as, you know, for, as a professional, you know, owning a barbershop. Or making a living out of it. I never thought I would be, you know, successful from cutting hair. Is it kind of a dream come true? Yeah, honestly it is. Because, you know, I get to make my own schedule. I get to, you know, you know, I, I got a house. I got a truck. And that's something that I would always wonder when I was younger. Man, would I ever have that? And here we are today. It must feel good. Oh, yeah, it does. Like you you had your first client or your first set of clients. Were they all in high school? You first had your first set of clients? Yeah, I mean, it it was a handful of uh, high school kids, you know, that I went to school with, cousins, and, of course, my dad. And then after I graduated high school, it kind of trickled off. I wasn't cutting too much hair because, you know, obviously I didn't see these guys every day. But I was still, you know, cutting my dad's hair or, you know, my close friends and myself. So, I mean, it, it always stuck with me until I decided to make that change and go to school for it. But, like I said, uh, I never thought I'd be doing it. And even, uh, I had two younger sisters, actually, that went to hair school. And they would always tell me, hey, you should come to hair school and, you know, get your license and work in the shop. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. You can't make enough money doing that. <laughs> and so... uh I kind of, I kind of just, you know, went in one ear and not the other, and then, uh, I actually, uh, I met Jarrell. He works with us at the shop. Yep. And so I met him through mutual friends, uh, and we just started hanging out. And he was like, "Hey, uh, I go to school with your sisters," and I was like, "Really? Where?" And he was like, "Hair school in uh, downtown Bryan, Manuel and Teresa's." So I was like, "Really?" I was like, "I thought that school was just for." For women and he was like uh he's like nah man I, uh i can actually work in a barbershop with this license it was a cosmetology license because we didn't have any barber actual barber schools here in town the furthest one was i mean the nearest one was like maybe an hour and a half away waco or houston Damn. yeah so i was like man uh so you can you can actually work in a barbershop with that license, and he was like, yeah. So I was like, I, at the time, I was working uh, about three years at the same job, eight to five, bored, tired of it. What were you doing? Uh, so this place, it used to be called uh, SourceNet, and uh, there was an upstairs, which was, they did something with the banking. Of, it was a, what was it called? Bank of New York, uh, Mellon, or something like that. So they did all their, they processed all their documents and their paperwork, paid their bills. Well, I worked in the the uh, mail room downstairs, just sorting mail for them every day. Sorting mail, sorting mail, sorting mail, sorting Damn. mail. That's rough, dude. For three years. <laughs> you do it a hell of a lot longer than I could do it. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, man. So for three years, I was doing that and uh, I got tired of it. So, uh. Yeah, so I, uh, my sisters were in my ear over here. Jarrell was in my ear over here. Hey, you should try it out, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. So I was like, you know what? Let me give it a try. What you know? What what could hurt? So uh, I, I asked my mom, you know, to, to, kind of, to go with me because I didn't know anything about the financial aid or anything like that. And uh, so she went with me, and she uh, got all the information from the school, and I was – I quit my job a week later and started hair school at uh, downtown Manuel Teresa's. Damn, it's still there today. 
they moved uh, that school. They moved it off of Texas, across from uh, McDonald's and uh, Waterbury. Okay. On Texas okay. and Bryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, so I started there uh, for about a year, and uh, also I had my son when I was nineteen. So that's okay. one of the reasons why I was like, I need to change something up. You know, I I know I'm young. I I know I got time, but at the end of the day, I had a I had a son, and you know I need I needed to provide for him, and also for myself. Like you know I can't sit at home with the with the kid and you know live with my parents my whole life. So I was like, something's got to give, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I made this move, and I also worked uh, overnights on the weekends. So I had no weekends of hanging out with my friends, partying. It was all just working overnight. Doing a security, uh, as a security guard, just sitting in a car, driving around uh, these dorms and walking around the garage for a whole year. And then during the week, it was just school. Damn. So I did that for about a year. And then I graduated. And uh, of course, I had some clientele, but they were used to paying $5 at the school. So I couldn't make a living off of that when I graduated. So I had to go back to work in a regular nine to five. Uh, at uh, Jarrell started working at Sterling after he graduated. Sterling Automotive yeah. on uh-huh. off the highway uh-huh. as a porter, and he was like, "Hey man, they're looking for somebody else to help out." So uh, I applied and I started working over there from nine to five. And then the clients I did have, I was cutting hair at the house from about six to ten. Damn. So I was, yeah, I was still getting it in. I was still cutting hair, even after work. Those are some committed clients to be yeah. like to six to ten. Have a <laughs> nine o'clock appointment to go get my hair cut. Yeah, mean, that's that's a committed client. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I I still actually cut a few of those guys uh, till today. Damn, they still come and see me. I seen I have a couple of them that are, you know, they were thirteen years old at the time in hair school coming to me, and now they're twenty six, twenty seven with a kid. Getting married, so I've seen these guys grow up. It makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it'd be a little bit weird to be like from all the way that young to be now. That I mean, I just I think we usually hear about it like a teacher. Right? Yeah, I hear yeah. About the teachers, like oh, I've, I've coached, I've taught exactly. your kid. You don't hear about the barber. Nah, that you don't. also did the same thing. Yeah, same thing, man. And you know, we build relationships with these guys and. Like a lot of them, I don't even consider as a client. I consider them as a friend, as a homie, as you know. It's it's more than that, and like we meet so many people that we have, we get so many connections, and you know, and I I take it and run with it. I mean, you you're meeting people, brand new people, and having long term relationships with a yeah, lot of people. Exactly, it's part of the it's the whole thing. Yeah, it's not just cutting hair. It's it's a lot more than than that. And was it hard initially, like? The, the personal part of it, like creating those relationships, was it difficult when you first started? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. It's, it's it's like with any anyone you meet the first couple times. You're going to be shy. You're going to ask the simple questions. Where are you from? You got kids. What do you do? So then after that, it's like, all right, what do I? What else do I ask this guy, you know? <laughs> so it's it's either, you know, you you open up to them and they open up to you or you just cut their hair and that's it. But... 80% of the time, you're going to end up opening up to each other and build a relationship. That's a pretty fulfilling yeah. job, it sounds like. It is. It is. And, I mean, a lot of them are like, man, you know, how how do you still remember my name? How do you still remember my haircut? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I see you all the time. So, it's like eventually it just kind of imprinted in my head now. So Could you remember, like, other like if you saw somebody on the street, like, would you know what their cut used to be? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I do. That's pretty wild. If I've cut them more than three times, then yeah, I can remember what they're getting. Is that it? Just three times? Yeah. That's not very many times. Nah. I can I can see them, you know, a year later or two years later, and I'm like, are we doing the same thing as last time? And they're either yeah or no, I changed it up. Holy shit. Yeah. That's weird. But that's just with, I mean, I, not just with that, but that if my wife gets mad, she's like, how do you remember that? But then everything I tell you or something I told you yesterday, <laughs> you can't remember it. 
the more associations that you can make, right? It was yeah. not just a haircut. It was a relationship. It was a conversation. It was like all these little points of data that added up to allow you to remember, oh, that's what that person gets. Exactly. Damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So then you 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 get out of school. You're starting. You have to go back to work. How was it feeling going having to go back to a nine to five? I mean, it was just something I had to do. You know, I had, I had bills. I had a son. You know, uh, also, I, I ended up having, I had a daughter also at this time, too, uh, towards the end of school. So now I got a daughter and I got a son, and I had to provide for them, plus my personal bills and stuff. So it was rough, man, I, you know, but I had to do it. My dad, uh, you know, he... Like I said, he was with the city for 33 years, so I kind of picked up picked up from that, you know, his work work ethic, and so I, I, it went a long way. It seems yeah. like both your parents had an influence. So you talk yeah. you talk about your dad, your dad and your mom took you up, and yeah. your dad let you cut his hair for a while. <laughs> Still to this day, no I'm shit. the only one that's touched his head, uh, cutting his hair for probably 20 years, 25 years Damn. or so. 30 years, I don't know, since I was 16, only one. That's got to mean, like, does that mean, like, does that carry value to you, like, when oh, you yeah. think about it? Oh, yeah, it does. I mean, if it wasn't for him and if it wasn't for him buying me that that pair of clippers, then I wouldn't be sitting here today telling you this story. Do you remember that first pair of clippers? Yeah, they were, uh, I still got them, actually. No shit. Yeah, at the house. No shit. <laughs> I still got them, actually. They're in the garage. They got rust on the blades and... Yeah, they still turn on, <laughs> but I won't use them. <laughs> I won't use them unless you got a tetanus shot card or something. <laughs> so what's the difference between, like, that set of blades or that, like, motor? Or how does that work between Man, different, like, material? I mean, so with those, those were probably from Walmart. And, of course, I am I can cut with a pair of clippers from Walmart just because of my skills and how my, my experience. But, honestly, that's just like with any tools, you know, a mechanic using this set of tools from this brand versus this high dollar tool from this brand, of course, this one's going to do the job a little bit better for you. So that's the same with clippers. Like if you, uh, if you get this brand, you know, that, that came from, you know, with this motor or, you know, uh, it's a higher brand. Of course, they're going to, they're going to do the job a little bit better for you. But what, like what, how can you tell that one does better than the other? Like if I'm like if I'm sitting in your chair, I'm never gonna know. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. But how can you tell one is different than the other? Uh, really, I mean, I can hold one pair in my hand and hold the other pair in my hand, turn them on, and I could just feel it, the vibration, the power in it, how I can hear it, and if it's you know it sounds a little bit better than this one, I can just tell just from experience. And I don't know exactly what they do with the motor. I can't tell you that part, but. Yeah. Just through experience and you know the time that I've been cutting hair, I can just I can just tell what tool is better than the other. And you have a lot of different tools. I do. Right. Like, I have. So what are the different type of tools? So okay, I got a uh, one clipper for bulk. Oh. And I got one clipper for uh, balding out. I got another clipper for uh, taking uh, for for detail work. Uh, I got trimmers, one sharper than the other, one for edge ups, one for balding out a little bit more, one for kids, <laughs> one for beards. <laughs> what the fuck? One's for uh, the top of the mustache only. Yeah, I mean, I can go on and on. I, I got clippers like crazy. I probably got, I probably use only about three or four a day, but I probably got about seven in my drawer and about four or five that I use every day of trimmers, but I probably got about seven of those in my drawer also. Damn. Yeah. I didn't realize there was that many material. Like, I didn't realize it was that specific. Yeah. I mean, uh, the main pair I use is, is they're called Fast Feeds. I've been using those for since I, I started cutting hair at uh, at Absolute Images. And, Brian, I, I started off with cord, corded Fast Feeds, and now I use the cordless Fast Feeds. But those are just my go-tos just because the blade is just so, it's so uh, thin and they're lightweight and the motor's real, real uh, quick. So, so the thinner the blade, the better the cut. Yeah, to me, the more the more detail work I can do with it. Because that's you. I mean, one, yeah. I think obviously, like that's kind of the thing. You you took elaborate a little bit more about the experience you have in like competitions and stuff like that. 
Okay, with competitions, of course, uh, I actually went to my first competition back in 2000, I say, uh, 13, I think. And this was, I was on my way to the battle, to the barber battle, not even trying to compete. But my friend, uh, my friend Ivan, actually, I was, this is before I left, I was fixing to leave Brian to go to Dallas to Exotics Barber Battle. And it was one of the biggest thousand people barber battle that there was. With top-notch barbers. So my friend Ivan, he uh, he's a barber in Madisonville. He called me and was like, hey, are you going to the battle in Dallas? And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually fixing to leave Brian and go up there. Uh, are you battling? Are you going? And he was like, yeah, I was going to battle, but I had, a, uh, I had something come up. Do you want to take my spot? And I'm like, oh man, I'm I never thought about battling yet. Like I'm <laughs> I'm still new to this. How long have you been cutting at that point? At that point, uh, in the shop, uh, for maybe about a about a year, about a year, year and a half, Damn. professional, yeah, in the shop. And so I'm like, man, I don't think I'm ready. And uh, he's like, well, it's a free spot. If you place, there's like thousand dollars on the line. You know, give it a try. I mean, why not? You know, why not? you got nothing to lose. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it out. And so my, my friend, uh, which was another barber, uh, Richard, he cuts out the shop. I was like, hey, man, let me use you as a. Richard's right next to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right next to me. And uh, I'm like, let me use you as a model. And he's like, uh, all right. <laughs> so Richard, I got to give a big shout out to Richard because in hair school, he was uh, the only one that would let me practice hair designs. Hell yeah! And I would trace them with the pen, with the with the marker, and then you know do the design with the trimmer like over it. Tra- trace. I like would trace, my hair or his hair. Yeah, I would I would trace like a star or something in his head with the marker, and then go in with the with the trimmer, and then wipe the marker off. Wow! Okay. So he was the only guy that let me do that. Oh yeah! So I get off the phone. I'm like, Rich, can I use you as a model at this barber battle? He's like, yeah, man, that's fine. <laughs> so I, I turn around, go get my clippers from the shop, get back in the car, and then we're on our way to Dallas. I'm nervous. Palms are sweaty, you know. <laughs> so we get to the battle, and I'm all over the place. I'm like, where do I go in? Where do I sign up? Where do I check in? So we check in, set up, and they're like, we got 15 minutes. You know, the announcer's on the thing. We got 15 minutes till fastest fade category. That was the first category, and that was the one I was in. Damn. So I'm like, damn. damn. Fastest fades. Fastest fade category, and I think it was like they give you like 12 minutes at the time. Yeah. So, damn. So I'm in there, and, of course, we do the cut, sweating. He's sweating. <laughs> I didn't play. Why is he sweating? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mind you, there's about a 1,000 people watching us, and everyone out with their phones. People watch, yeah. So I ended up uh, finishing in uh, I think ten minutes, and uh, yeah, I didn't place, but that was my first experience. Yeah, and I loved it. So I was like, you know what? I think I found something that I really like to do now. So when I got back to the shop, I would time myself cutting hair, trying to find techniques to go fat, how to how to cut faster. And so, I mean, it took me a little while to jump back into the battles just because, you know, I was nervous at the time. I was new to this. But uh, eventually, yeah, I started battling. Lost a few times. Won a couple times. Lost a few more times. Won a couple more times. But throughout the experience, I I learned, okay, what I need to do to to try to win that next one. Yeah. And also, uh, I had a big help from, from Mike, the owner, uh, that started uh, – Mike's Bar Studio and Gold Star, he would help me out a lot because he battled a lot of the times too. And so he gave me a lot of techniques and pointers. So that was a big help there. Does he still battle? I don't think he battles anymore uh, just because, you know, we, we're, he already kind of, you know, had that, that time of battling and stuff. So now I think he does a little bit more judging and uh, setting up the booth and stuff like that. Nice, more the logistics yeah. side of him. He's he's lived it, and it's now now time for the the new guy to come on in. Yeah, so I battled a few times, and I actually just won uh, my biggest battle, which was uh, back in December. I placed first place, won two thousand dollars, and a huge, huge trophy, which is 
now at the shop uh, that I own on University. Hell yeah! And uh, so yeah, I, I think now I'm I'm I don't know if I'm gonna take a long break, but I think I'm gonna take a break and try to you know go to the other side of you know of the battles, which is you know uh, promoting more the business and you know eventually judging the battles and stuff like that. How do you judge a battle? Man, judging battles, they they there's different uh, points that they judge off of, uh, which is cleanliness, creativity. Uh, what else is there? Uh, I can't think of it right now, but there's different points that they judge off of. So, I mean, if you got hair in the back of your neck, boom, you get points taken off. If you got a line, of course, that's the point taken off. If your station's dirty, points taken off. Damn. So there's different stuff that you can get stuff taken off, but there's also other stuff like um, your model, you know, how they're dressed and, you know, the color. No way. If you add color, you can get points for that. Speed, stuff like that. There's a lot of yeah. different facets. Yeah, there is. And there's, I mean, there's all kind of battles and categories out there. So what what was yours in December? What did you compete So in? mine, uh, it was actually with the uh, Clipper Beast. uh which is uh, hosted by June the Barber. He's sponsored by Monster Energy. Nice. And so uh, he hosts Clipper Beast, I think, four uh, four times a year. And then uh, I won one of his uh, his uh, his battles back in, like, February. So that's what got me to – so it was a tournament-style battle. And uh, that's what got me towards the battle in December. So you, is it like a like a like a, a bracket? You said tournament, so like you have to win the one in February to make it to the one in December. Yeah, pretty much. So all the all the barbers have to place. Well, there's first and second place in each category. Yeah. Okay. In, in each battle, so from those two winners advance to the one in December. So it was me and another guy, and then there was the other battles, two other two other winners, and we all uh, went head to head in December. How many of there were y'all? Uh, there was a total of eight. That's not very many. No, it's not. The, but I mean, the it's top of the top, top of the top. Yeah, so like, it was a three category uh, elimination battle. So the first category was fastest fade, which it was me and three other guys that advanced. Damn. And the second category was fade and beard, which was uh, two people advanced to that one. And me and another guy, Justin, we did the last category, which was... Uh, uh, creativity and so me and him went head to head and i ended up on top and won first place do you know who that is like do you guys know each other like is uh, that community pretty tight yeah i mean the barber community uh if you put yourself out there yeah you you you, you recognize the other barbers they recognize you and you know we chop it up when we see each other and stuff show love oh yeah you know it's all friendly game but uh at the end of the day yeah i mean you get to meet a lot of these talented barbers and you know so it's a whole other world. So what was your, like, how did you win creativity? What does that picture look like? Um, let's see. Uh, so You can send it to me later, and I'll, I'll, I'll post okay. it on the, on the thing so people can see it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so creativity, uh, so I thought about this before I, I went to the battle, and I took my nephew, and he's got, a, he's got some pretty nice hair to, you know, he's mixed, so his hair is dark on top, and his scalp is pretty light. So I'm like, you know, if I do a design, you're gonna be able to see that design pop. Yeah. So I uh I bought him a suit actually. I bought him a suit Damn. and I bought him some J's and I got him some sunglasses and I let him wear my, my chain, my necklace. Damn. And so uh yeah, that was his outfit. And then uh I did I, I did kind of like a pompadour style on top, and then I did this 3D uh uh, design on the left side of his head with a fade on the other side but yeah I, I had to make sure that the design on the left side was a little bit bigger than normal just so it'll pop from you know people seeing it from a far distance they can see the design from you know far away so you started doing your designs in school at what point did you find like this was a niche that you could get into uh i i love to draw i've always liked to draw but i never just sat down and you know took time to, you know, start a portfolio or do anything like that. So once I figured I can draw inside someone's head, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is fun. <laughs> and it's fast. I mean, is it fast? Like, so you're doing the fastest 
the the fastest fade. Yeah. How how long does that take versus how long does it take to do a, a detailed design like that? Well, I mean, the fastest fade, you know, in a in a barber battle is usually eight minutes to twelve minutes, tops. The design they give you about forty five minutes. Damn. Yeah. So you got plenty of time to. You're working for a bit. Yeah. But that's a, that's at a battle. In the shop, I can do a regular fade, you know, in about 15 minutes, you know, and a, and a design in about 30 minutes with the fade. Yeah. Why is it faster in the shop rather than in a competition? Well, I mean, the competition, yeah, it's, it's – well, competition is a little faster, but when you're at work, you get to take your time. But at the same time, since doing all these, you know, battles and – Working in the shop for so long, I just find, you know, different techniques to, you know, speed up the cut. So, the way that it seems like everybody cuts at that place, it seems like there's always, I see, I could be wrong here, but there's like a, like you guys do the fade and then clean up the bottom part. Yeah. Is that normal or is that like a technique that you guys found that was so, faster? that's a technique to cut faster because uh, you're not going to sit there with and start your cut from the bottom all the way up and then start working at the top so you're going to start working in the middle to the top and then the rest is going to be gone anyway so you just come back to that and just take it off so it it speeds up the process a little bit yeah what other like items have you found that help speed up the process um not putting in a hard line sometimes i will depend on what type of cut it is but not putting a hard line in, I'll start off with a soft line with like a half or a one and then fade up and then ball it out after. So, so a hard line is a hard line, straight. Straight in with the trimmer, balling it out, shaver on the bottom, and then picking that line out. That 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 to me, that that'll take a little bit longer just because, you know, through experience I found what my technique is to, you know, speed up my haircuts. I mean, some for some people it works. Is everybody different? Everybody's different. That's kind of hard to teach. Like, yeah. uh, like you go to school and you learn kind of this idea, but then there's so much variability yeah. inside of it. I mean, of course, that's that's one of the first uh, type of styles they teach you. But after that, you know, everybody has their own techniques, no matter what profession they do. Yeah. They, everyone does it different. So I found mine, and I mean, it seems to work because I'm pretty pretty busy. <laughs> I stay pretty busy. <laughs> You're busy as shit, and and it always seems like everyone that walks up is like, "What's up, Jeff?" And you're like, oh, yeah. "What's up, man?" Like you build good relationships, yeah. and you do good work. I don't like you can't get better than the two, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just goes a long way, you know, because yeah, I can uh, I can cut my people only, but if I'm Talking to, you know, Richard's clients or uh, Dave's clients next to me, then that makes them feel comfortable. And now being, you know, that I that I run that shop and that's my shop, I feel like as an owner, you should be able to talk to everyone that comes in and make everyone feel comfortable. So let's say Richard's not there one day. Where do you think they're going to go to? The person that's been talking to them every time they come in. Sure. Saying hi, you know. So I, I try to I try to you know, you know, conversate with everyone that comes in as much as I can. I think you do do a damn good job, and it seems like you guys are pretty active in the community too. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. I mean, we love giving back. I love giving back. You know, it, I feel like coming all this way, coming from nothing really. You know, growing up, and to where I am now, I feel like I have to. Like personally, I feel like I have to give back because. I remember being that kid that would look up to guys in the community like, oh, my God, like, that guy's a hero. Like, I want to be something like that one day. Yeah. So I just – I think about that, and I'm like, what would little me want? I would I would want to say hi to this guy over here or do something helpful for this guy over here. And so, yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, that's huge to be yeah. able to, like, think that through all the way through and then act on it. Yeah. It's huge. Like you're changing people's lives. Like the thing you guys do with the, I think, was it the backpacks? No, free free haircuts and then backpacks. Yeah, free haircuts, free backpacks. We've been doing it. Uh, I think every year for the past uh, five years, 
since we've been open on the university location. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, every year it gets bigger and bigger. This past year we had almost 300 kids. The year before that, we had it at a Mike School, a Gold Star Barber Academy. We had over 200 kids. The year before that, a little over 100. So every year it gets bigger and bigger. We try to bring on more businesses and more people to be involved, you know, to give back, give a little time, you know, back to the little ones. So, like, what is what, what is it like seeing that through all, like, from the get-go, where did the idea come from? Obviously, like, you, know, you want to give back, but, like, hey, let's do this, right? Yeah. Like, and, then, and then make the, the, the action to actually follow it through. I think uh, what made us want to, you know, we did it the first time and we got a little feedback and it, it felt good. And so we had a lot of people, you know, reach out to us and they're like, hey, you know, we got more kids that, you know, they heard about it and the parents heard about it. They're not able to afford, you know, a haircut and this and that. So we started off, I think, I think with cheaper, cheap haircuts. It was maybe like 10 bucks. And then that's when we decided, you know what, let's just do it for free. And it's not mandatory for the barbers to, you know, do it. But a lot of them do still give their time and they still do it anyway. So we've seen how big it got, and that just kind of, you know, fed our soul a little bit, you know, made us smile and, you know, made you feel good. So that we were like, you know what, let's do this all the time. I was just having a conversation earlier today. It's it's not about, like, you can make all this money at the end of the day. Yeah. What's so fulfilling is pouring into other people. And it's like right. seeing them change and grow and, and being better people just because of something that you taught them or something that you gave them. That's that's what gets you farther in life yeah. than, than a dollar. Like, dollar, yeah, it's convenient. It's nice to be able to go out to have dinner and all these good things, but to be able to give yeah. like that, I mean, that's it's huge. And then it, that imagine being a kid who's you know in fifth grade, yeah, who gets who comes up first day of school with a fresh cut that couldn't <laughs> yeah. afford it. Like you change that kid's life. Yeah, you know? a new backpack doesn't have to wear the same one from last year or brother or sister's backpack. He's got his own, you know. We did that, you know. It feels good. Is I mean, where does it like? Do you guys just continue to do this like every single year? Yeah, every single year we do it. Uh, we try to do more than you know that. Sometimes when it, uh, we've done uh, the one where when it gets cold, I forgot what it was called, but uh, we basically give out free coats uh, to the to the ones that can't afford it, like winter coats, not just simple coats, but yeah, winter coats. We try to give those back to the kids that you know they can't afford it. Parents can't afford it. If I mean, I, I, ideally, there's somebody in town that's listening to this, right? That's that's the goal. Yeah. Where, like, who can get involved, and how do they get involved? Uh man, just contact us on uh, social media, or come by the shop, and uh, we're not going to turn you down. We're gonna, we're going to accept anything, you know. I love it, man. Yeah. So then, what's what's next for Jeff? What what do you got going on? Uh what's next, man? So right now, I'm kind of. I'm in this spot where I really don't know what's next. I got a little one on the way. My wife's pregnant, five months. Yeah. So right now, my 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 focus is really on that. You know, I I uh I took over the shop a year ago. So right now, I'm just trying to you know it's, we got new barbers. So I'm we're tr- just trying to get them, you know, on a on a better level to where they can be successful in this business. And so that's my goal right now is just to get the shop you know where it needs to be. And, you know, just get my family where we need to be and, you know, focus on my family and my business. What is it like owning and running the shop? Man, it's it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It, it It's not hard, but it's not easy. You know, we got 20 barbers, 20 personalities, 20 characteristics, but... That's a lot of people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And, and then I, I got my own, uh, you know, yeah. full clientele, bills, life, two kids, and sports. So, I mean, life's pretty busy right now. How do you find balance in Man. your day? Uh, so, schedule, uh, communication with the wife, uh, and just, you know, just staying afloat, man. Just keep going and going. But, you know, I, I got my schedule at work. We had to sit down and talk about what days I need to take off early, what days I need to, you know, handle stuff and, uh, you know, take the kids to practice and, you know, days that, you know, I need to turn my phone off and, you know, not answer anybody and just spend time with the family. 
still, you know, make time for myself, keep my sanity. Yeah. But I make it work, man. You got to be able to get out and have some fun. Have, yeah. like, go golf, pool, something, Yeah, you know? play like, pool, you know. Uh, I do DJ on the side. So music, man, That that's one of my other th- hobbies that I love to do is DJing. So I, I've been getting uh, gigs and getting booked with that. So that keeps my mind pretty sane, too. How'd you get into DJing? Uh, man, I've always loved music. I I used to play guitar when I was like 17, 18. My dad was, you know, he played drums, bass, guitar back in his day. So I kind of just picked it up, the music side from him. And uh, so, yeah, music's always been there. And then uh, I met, uh, I've known my buddy uh, DJ Stein. He used to be a producer uh, back when I was younger. And then he started doing DJs. He DJed my wedding uh, about four years ago, going on five years ago. And so I would help him out doing gigs. I would help announcing, you know, at weddings and stuff. And so I I would just watch him and he would show me different, you know, things that he was doing at DJing. And so I kind of picked it up. And one day I just bought my own board, bought a speaker. And he was like, hey, man, I'm getting booked. I'm getting too booked now. You want to do a wedding for me? It's a simple wedding. They just need you for four hours. It'll pay four hundred bucks. So I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. So I did it. Did another one, and then uh, I would DJ at uh, Mike's old bar halftime. Sometimes you know it'd be. Sometimes there'd be two people there. Sometimes there'd be twenty people there. Sometimes a hundred people there. So it was a good time for me to just practice. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I got it down, and now I'm getting better at it. And so I'm getting booked with, with doing that. So when I do get booked, I, I'll take a day off and kind of balance that out where, okay, I'm I'm DJing this weekend, so let me take time off. and You know, so I'm not, you know, doing too much. You, it's so easy to do too much, yeah. especially for it's someone that's, that's ambitious. Yeah. It's just like there's all this opportunity. And yeah. keeping yourself disciplined to say, oh, I'm only going to do this. I mean, it's a, it's a smart idea to only let's take that day off. Yeah. And are there similarities between DJing and cutting hair? Similarities, yeah, there are. I mean, meeting people, you know, of course, meeting people, uh, just staying consistent, you know, cutting hair, being on time, you know, all that, you still got to do that with DJing, being on time, being consistent with the music, reading the crowd. You know, stuff like that. I feel like reading the crowd sounds difficult. It sounds easy to say, but difficult to do. Yeah, it does. But I mean, after after a couple times, you, you'll get it down. It it just comes natural. Nice man. Yeah. Well, you have any questions for me? You have any? I mean, you have anything? Oh. Any stories about cutting hair? <laughs> man, not not that I can think of right now. But, I mean... I don't know what time we're at. How much time we got? I don't know. What time is it? 5 o'clock. We started at probably about 4.15. We got about 45 minutes. Yeah. We can spend another another 15 if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. We can do that. All right. So, teaching... Are you teaching students? Um, Not necessarily. The only ones that I do teach are uh, my new barbers that come in. They come from school, um, and they, you know, they got the basics down. But being one of the biggest shops in town, and being one of the best shops in town, we try to keep that name, you know, pretty high. So I try to get them right, you know, as much as I can. Even though I'm busy, you know, with my with my own clientele, I try to take time away from that and, you know, help them out. And are people usually pretty receptive or is it hard to get people to, to kind of pour into? Uh, it's a 50, 50, uh, kind of deal. There's some of them are like, yeah, they soak it up like a sponge. And then some of them are like, no, I know how to do it. I was, I was going to do that. And I'm like, all right, you're going to take a little longer to, to train than <laughs> this guy. And can you kind of tell who's going to be that guy whenever they first walk in or not so much? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I can, uh, attitude goes a long way. So I can kind of tell, but for the most part, it's been good. And, you know, everyone's been pretty easy to work with. Have you ever fired a client? 
Yeah, I have. I have. Why? <laughs> Why does a barber fire a client? Uh man, no shows. No shows are a big thing. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, some of them they 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 want it. They want it their way. They you know. This is this is my job. This is my profession. So you know, I know what I'm doing. Some of them think they know it all. So it's like you know, we don't see eye to eye. So then it's like I just stop ignoring them. Stop answering the phone. I'm like, you know what? This ain't gonna work out. That's I. I feel like that's a lot of people in a lot of professions. They, like this, this cust like the customer's always right thing. Yeah. I feel like it's a load of shit. Yeah. Nah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I walk into the barber shop, yeah, I can tell you what I think I want. And then give you creative rights. Like, yeah. you're the guy who knows more. Yeah. You know, like, you're talking about texture of hair. I don't know what the fuck texture of hair I got. Right. I just got hair. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell you, like, hey, this is kind of like our picture. This is kind of what I'm looking for. And you can tell me, hey, this is what I think this is going to work what's best. Yeah. All right, bro. Like, I believe you. You know, it's not yeah. my jam. And see, uh, I think uh, by me putting my own twist on some of these haircuts is what really got me to where I'm at. Because, uh, like for instance, let's say uh, you came in and you said I want a two on top with a one on the side. So I'm like, okay, I'll give you a two on top, one on the side, square everything up, and send you on your way. But let's say I do it my way and I give you a two on top, one on the side, taper your sideburns in, taper your back in, hit you with the razor. So now the way you wanted it versus the way I give it to you. You're gonna get in the mirror. You're gonna look in the mirror. You're gonna see this haircut that you asked for, but then you look and see the one that I gave you, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, dang, this one's a little bit more cleaner. It's different than what I usually get." So then you're gonna come back because you're gonna be like, "Whatever you gave me, you know, I liked it. Do it again." So then that's how I, I get my clients back because I'm giving them something that they didn't ask for. Yeah, they asked for that cut, but I also gave them. I put my twist on it. It definitely, there's there's a lot of value to that. And yeah. I just I have a taper fade, but even then, if somebody doesn't know what that is or what that looks like, yeah. Then how does it? How can you like show them that there's value in it if they're not educated in the space? Uh, I mean, of course, you want to have your client consultation, and you know, you don't want to just go in bald and then boom, take it off. And they're like, "What the fuck is it?" <laughs> like you want to tell them what you're doing, or yeah. you just want to give them something light for them to go home and be like, "Okay, that looks different, but it looks cleaner." So I mean, you still want to educate your client, of course. I, I had no idea when I first walked in, and I was like, "God damn, this is one of the best experiences I've ever had." Yeah, like this is this is worth it, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I walked out of there looking like, "God damn, I look good," you yeah. know? Like you, the way you guys do fades, or the way you do fades. I've only ever had a couple or two people there, but. Well, you do fades is fucking sick, man. Yeah, thank you. It's just there's a level of skill. I think that's part of the reason that I I, I think anybody that gets really good at their craft is there's there like the amount of time that's required to get behind there is gorgeous. Yeah, right. And it's like I don't have like thankfully I don't have to go through all the time to learn how to cut hair and then do it for this amount of time and then do it to myself to hopefully get the same quality right. of product. It's like I can go to somebody. And pay, yeah, maybe it'll be a little bit more, but I don't got to worry about shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's to the point where it's like, same thing as last time? Yep, same you thing got as last time, yeah. Same thing as last time. Yep. And see, that's that's my goal for each client that I have is to do that and make them feel that way. When they leave my chair, they don't have to worry about shit, but paying me. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the best yeah. thing that you can come away with. And I think people that understand like high value items and, and things and services are open to paying for that thing and then tipping on top of that because yeah. then they're like, yeah, like I don't, I don't have to worry about it. You know yeah. how much, how much time Jeff's put in and he takes care of me. Like, hell yeah, all yeah. day, all day. Yeah. Are there harder haircuts than others? Uh, yeah, there are. I mean, nowadays, uh, the kids want long hair on top. You know, they want the long hair on top with the short on the bottom. So of course, going from Low to real high, it, you know, it takes longer. But, I mean, nothing's impossible. I mean, it, it can be done. It just takes a little longer. And, you know, once you do it a few times, it's a piece of cake. Do you tell people, like, hey, you probably look better in a, with a taper or, or a whatever? Like, do you give yeah. that kind of, kind of criticism or critique? I mean, if I know that they're not uh, 
pretty sure about what they want, then yeah, I'll tell them what, what looks best for their hair or their, the texture hair they got or the certain look they're going out. I'll, I'll give them my input and then we just go from there. So you said different textures of hair. What are different textures of hair? Cause I'm uneducated. I hear my, my lady talk about like, Oh, I have a, a, like she said like a D3 curl or something like that or a C3 <laughs> curl. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, yeah. but what is like, what does that really mean? I mean, so I'm sure uh, what she referring to is if your hair grew longer, of course, it's probably going to wave up or yeah. it's probably going to curl up and stuff like that. Mine so, grows out. looks terrible. Yeah. And my, mine's the same way. <laughs> but then you got those guys with thin hair or you got those guys with thick, straight hair. So I feel like, you know, the shorter you go, the straighter it is, the more you got to, the more work you got to put in. But the more your hair lays down, the more coarse it is, the easier it is. That it lays down a little bit better than versus someone with straight thick hair. So yeah, I mean, there's all kind of everyone's got different hair textures. And do you deal with men and women? I deal with mainly men, but women if they want, you know, shorter hair in the back, designs, stuff like that. But I don't do the long hair salon style haircuts. <laughs> no, it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try it at some at some time in school in hair school? That's the only time I tried it. And, just didn't like it? Nah, I didn't like it. Why? It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Hair, cutting hair, doing fades, that was my cup of tea, and that's I had fun with that. So, I feel like it's really hard to find a barber. Yeah. It's Can extreme. Be. It's like... like so, yeah, like every everyone has... A, like there's people that probably would have never come to me, and there's someone that probably would have never go to this guy, but it's everyone has their own preference. I, I was in Vegas, and I figured I was going to get to a... You know, there, there's, I would assume there's some good barbers out there. Yeah. And stopped by this lady, and it was like a flashback to <laughs> that time where you go to like a 4.0 Cuts or something like that. And yeah. It's like a, hey, this is what I want. And they're like, I th- I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you walk out like, that is not what I want <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why it's so difficult, man, but like to find a good barber. Like once you find one, and part of the reason I don't want to leave Brian Call Station it's like I can't leave Jeff. You know <laughs> who's gonna be, who's gonna be who's gonna be making me look good? Right, when I right. Leave, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah, and I actually got a couple guys that uh, I've been cutting for years, ten years, eight years, and uh, they move out. One guy he moved to Austin, and he comes on Saturdays and gets his haircut, and then goes right back. Damn. Another guy just moved to Spy uh, uh, Cypress area. Uh, he got a coaching job and he drives every Wednesday, I think, when they get out of school early and gets his haircut and drives back. Damn. Yeah. Another guy, yeah, same thing. He lives in like Houston area, comes down here, gets his haircut and drives back. Even in Houston. Like that's that says something about your yeah. skill, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. I mean you you you're doing the right like, what is the next step? Like it, it, there's like there has to be a time where you start like getting to this peak where it's like you're better than everybody else. Like, what what else do you do, right? Uh, I mean, now, like I said, uh, with the business, you know, with the kid on the way, I think I might eventually start taking a step back, cutting less, maybe charging more. Not sure yet. Yeah. But uh, you know, just taking a step back and then finding, you know, what I want, what I want to do next. My wife, she actually, uh, she's in the same industry. She does uh, women's waxing eyelashes eyebrows all that but of course you know now having the baby she's gonna start taking some time off so eventually we want to get her a studio and then uh start building after that i had a question i had two questions for you you said something about charging more yeah when you first started charging from five dollars to 10 to 15 to 20 yeah what was it what was the reaction like and then how did you respond Ah, man. So uh, I started off, of course, in the backyard charging $5, $10. I jumped in the first barbershop charging 12 So when I charged 12 it was, you know, I was, it was mainly doing core cuts in and out, in and out, in and out. And that's really what helped my speed is by doing those fast cuts. So then uh, I left there and I went to uh, Absolute Images and we charged uh, 15 So I went up $3. And some of my guys were like, man, 15? <laughs> like, I'll let you know, man. This is, so, 
So it was kind of rough. And then uh, I left there. We went to Norm's, and we were charging 20 Norm's is still around, no? Norm's, no. Uh, he ended up, the, the owner, he ended up moving to Houston. His wife was a lawyer, and she won some big case, and he dipped out, man. He dipped out on us. <laughs> Lived the big life. Yeah, right. so, so after that, during that time is whenever I talked to Mike, and uh, he was he had a five-chair barbershop, and he was going to expand to the shop we're at now. So we were just kind of buying our time and waiting for that. So after that, after Norm's, we went to uh, 4.0 for about seven year, seven uh, months, and I think it was 22 $22 for a regular haircut. And so that's when everybody was like, okay, $22, that's pretty high, you know. <laughs> so we're like, all right, we're making it. And then we went to Mike's, and it was 27 So at 27 everyone's like, oh, man, $27, that's almost $30 for a cut. That's yeah. crazy. And so, uh, yeah, man, I started getting booked, 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 and they got to the point where Mike was like, Man, you're like one of the book, you know, most booked barbers here. You should probably go up on your prices. And I'm like, man, if I go, <laughs> if I go up to the big three zero, I might start losing people. I was nervous. Yeah. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I was cutting back to back to back to back all day, and I just hit this plateau, and I was like, this is it. Yeah. And so I started getting two booked, and that's when I was like, you know, what? I got to go up. So I went up to thirty. Went up to thirty three, and that's when I was like, "Okay, this is this is good right here." <laughs> and so, yeah, I got back to the same spot where I was like, "Man, I'm I'm already booked, fully booked, two weeks in advance." So what's next? And he was like, you "Charge forty. It's like, "Man, nobody's gonna pay forty. <laughs> nobody's gonna pay me forty dollars for a, a haircut. I wouldn't pay that." But. I thought about it and I was like, man, if I can do forty dollars for a haircut, like I'm good. I'll be good. You know, I'd be making some pretty good money. Yeah. And I was like, it's not that, you know, I'm money hungry, but now I got a family, I got a bigger house, I got bills. And I was like, you know what, I I think my haircuts are worth it. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? And there was other people there was other guys that I would see and they're charging forty, forty five dollars and their haircuts weren't even all that at other barbershops. And I'm like, you know what? These people want me. So let me let me go ahead and go up on my prices. So I did that. There was a few people that I didn't see after that. But that made room for the people that wanted to pay my worth. And I'm still booked to this day. And here we are now. Charging 40 a cut. <laughs> 40 for a basic cut. And then 50 for fade and beard. And then after that, it goes up with different packages. And does it, I mean, is this where you reside? Are you going to live at this price for a bit? Or for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. For a little while. And then, yeah, eventually <laughs> when I, when I, when I want to start cutting, like, it only makes sense. Because if yeah. I'm going to cut less, then I need to charge more yeah. to kind of, you know, balance it out. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll people are going to trickle off. But the people that want me are still going to pay, and I'm only going to be cutting amount of time. So, you less time and more yeah. money per cut. Exactly, you're more efficient. Yeah, exactly. And get more time with the family. Yeah, the kids. Yep. Exactly. Seems like That's the right the way to go. Yeah. It's a scary thing to do. It is. I'm not going to lie. It is, and I know a lot of people won't like it. But hey, I got to do what I got to do. It's your life. It's my life. <laughs> I want to leave you off with you know you have you have the floor you have the last I like to think that we can all learn a little nugget from every single person that's kind of where the reason I, I like doing this it's yeah, like yeah I get to learn a little bit about one who you are but then also right. like the things that have allowed you to be successful in your field and continue to grow um, so then I want other people to be able to listen in and, and hear those things and, and so. Jeff, I mean, you, you have you have the floor, man. Anything that you want to end us off with? Something that you've learned throughout your life that I think could could put value into others people's other people's lives. Um, I mean, all I can say is really, uh, don't be scared to take that take that step. Don't be scared to take that step because you're always going to be wondering, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, what if, what if, what if, what if? There's things that I wish you know I could have done, but. I know the things that I'm doing now is, you know, it, they're the right things I've done. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to just 
take that leap of faith and just do it, man. Just do it. There's going to be, you know, it's, it's scary. It's going to be tough. But at the end of the day, you're going to look back and say, hey, it was worth it. It was worth it. I tried and I made it. Or I didn't make it, but now I know what to do for the next time. Like there's always bumps in the road, but at the end of the day, like there's a goal that you want to reach. And once you reach that, there's another one out there that you can reach. And then there's another one, another one, another one. Like DJ Khaled. <laughs> another one. <laughs> but now nah, I'm 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 for real. Like I didn't I didn't expect to be where I was gonna be at today. But, you know, being around being around successful people does go a long way. And I mean I'm grateful for the circle that I do have and the people behind me that push me. Like, it it does go a long way. And you need people on your side. You need people to give you that push and that motivation. Because you can't do everything alone. You can't do everything by yourself. You can do some stuff, but at the end of the day, you you know, you need that group of people to motivate you. And so, that's it. Thank you all for tuning in. Love you all. Yeah, thank Thanks, you all. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. (laughs) So it's quiet now. (laughs) Isn't it it cool? Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 